Amen. Why don't we give the worship team a, a hand, uh, applause there? Thank you guys for thank you for coming and doing that. If you guys would like to stick around, um, we just I'd like for you to play not right now, but right after the message. Um, I feel uh, I feel back pain. Who in here has lower back pain? It's probably around a three or a four. Uh, sometimes I, I I believe it. You might even spasm up a little bit. Whoever that is, um, if you would just raise your hand. Headaches, you mild headaches from time to time. You get mild headaches from time to time. Don't be embarrassed up here. Is it back pain up here too? Yeah, okay, I'm feeling you. You know, I was feeling you guys. Actually, when you just started playing, I was like feeling your your spirit. And I just really feel like you're, you guys are really dedicated and... Um, your hearts are after Jesus. You're God chasers. Who shut the... Um, I also want to... Uh, does somebody have any type of... Um, I'm going to take a big risk on this one. Um, some issues with some stomach area, maybe organ type of situation. Any pain from time to time? Yes? Back there, okay, and I'm just going to, and the, the one that I, I felt the most was joint pain, joints, amen, all right, well, you guys are going to be healed, so maybe you won't be playing, <laughs> okay, well, um, I today, thank you, thank you, and we'll, we'll call on you in a minute after the message. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of the new creation. Oh. The power of the new creation. Are we going to pair? Are you ready? Okay, I'm on, but I'm on over there. Okay, can we get it on both screens? If not, I'll leave it on the one screen. Okay, if you would open your Bibles today to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Now, there's one thing that I want us to draw our attention to today is I want you to, I am going to parallel the creation of Adam and the creation of the new man. The creation of the first man or the first Adam and then the creation of what Christ, uh, or let me say it this way, the creation in the beginning of time and then the new creation. Because they parallel each other. So the Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I hope to tell you what that really means by the end of the service. Because we just think of the born again experience and then we just kind of move on from there. Our salvation and things like that. But it's so much more than that. 
so much more. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I want you to remember that scripture in your heart today. Because old things, the old life has passed away, even though we still deal with parts of it. But I'm going to kind of give you the, the idea of where we're headed. When God created the new man, he created Jesus in John 10 or John 3 tells Nicodemus, spirit gave birth to spirit. And then Paul goes on to tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that our body, somewhere around the 17th or 18th verse, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so our spirit dwells, God's spirit dwells again with our spirit. We are united again. We are one in Christ. Christ in us, us in Christ. We are one, oh, I really feel the power of God. We are one in we are now, it's more than unity. We are linked for eternity. For eternity. You need to remember this. Because Paul makes a statement here that applies to every person. Every person. If anyone is in Christ. In other words, it's a general call to salvation. He says, if anybody is in Christ, all those who want to be in Christ, if anybody is in Christ, he becomes a new creation. So Paul's making this, this um, general statement. And the new creation is an act of God. It is the process of something bringing something into existence. Don't let anybody ever tell you the gifts of the Spirit or the power of God for the church died with the apostles. Because the born-again experience is a creative act of God. It is the power of God working to bring mankind back together with him in unity. In unity. See, we worship God in spirit. And because we worship God in spirit, the more that we worship God in spirit, the more we worship him in truth. So we want to stay away in worship from destruction. Because there's, there's revelation knowledge that is moving. The gifts of the spirit, you're, we, we pick up on the realms because God is always, as we sing tonight, God is always working. He is always at work. Look what Paul says. I'm just laying a quick foundation because I am bursting with this. Galatians 6.15 says, for neither is circumcision anything. The only thing that matters, I'll give it to you in my language. The only thing that matters is the new creation. It's not the born-again experience. It's coming back together in unity with the Father. 
becoming one again with God, being touched and being linked, connecting with destiny and purpose again. It's very important that we understand. And remember, I'm going to talk about the parallel of the old creation and the born again new creation. So what happened? God has made our spirit alive. He has made it alive by reuniting us to him. Jesus says, I am the life. I am the way. I am the truth. So when you run across scriptures like this, you're seeing the unity of man and God again. Our relationship. The human spirit that was separated by sin has come back together again. I like that Luke 15, the parable of the lost son. And the father goes to look for him and gives him his signet ring, which we find the signet ring in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. The signet ring is the spirit of God. It's that spirit. You wear, you wear an engagement ring. Every time the spirit is moving, you are wedded. You are betrothed to Christ. Brought back together again with Christ. God has reconciled our soul to himself through Christ. And because of that, we have peace with God. Now, let me share this. How does that happen? Well, I'll just tell you how it happened at the new creation on our born again date when we accepted Christ. Christ came in, the Godhead came into our spirit. And now that God is dwelling again with man, he has the power to override the soul. Because he is now in charge of the temple. All right. He's in charge of the temple. That means he's in control again. And any time we yield... That's him being in control, causing us even to yield, getting us to the place where we lift our hands and say, I surrender all. I surrender all. When we come to the place of death, dying to self, it really is the spirit of God inside, the spirit of life that raised Jesus from the dead, that is dwelling inside of us, that is causing the death to the old man and the power of the new creation of the new man, the man that is destined to conquer, destined to conquer. The old creation, in the old creation, we can't improve ourselves. We can't do any, we can't go to 12 step. We can't go to, uh, um, there's, they, they have programs, but it all comes down to this. 
is the power of God in the program. If the power of God's not in the program, then the program really only refrigerates what's inside. Look what David did in Psalms 51, verse 10. You know, David sinned with Bathsheba, right? He killed Uriah. And he cries out to God when Nathan dials him up on the prophetic phone. And he says, it is you, David, that has done this. And David says, create in me a clean heart, O God. See, what the point I'm saying is, it is God that creates the clean heart. And I want to draw attention to the word create. That's the new creation when you read that scripture. God creates the new heart in a man, in a woman. And he renews our spirit. That's the born again experience. He renews, we become born again, made alive in Christ. David's confession is that the realization that there is nothing he can do about the sins that he have committed. Listen, once I sin, I'm done. There's no other help except for Christ. Nothing. Once I do something wrong, once I say something, once I say something to my wife or do something, which I'm thankful I don't do too much of that, but, <laughs> but the tongue still has a little bit of navigation in me. I don't like it. I, I hate those three or four fights a year my wife and I get into. You know, those fights that go two minutes and it's over because the Spirit of God lights you up like a firecracker. But my point is, is... Once I say something or do something, it's out there. There's no retrieving it. The only one that can retrieve it is Christ. The only one that can create a clean heart and a new spirit is Christ. Believe me, I'm setting you up for something very powerful. The fact that Paul speaks about the new creation indicates that there has been a, here we come, here we come, the new, an old creation is that there's a new creation. If there's been an old creation there, or if there's a new creation, there has to be an old creation. It's just logic, right? All right, so go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then, here we go. Now, I've set you up for the mind-blowing, for the empowerment of who you really are, and for you to look at yourself in a different way. Remember, we're parallel, paralleling the old creation and the new creation. We'll pick, on this, we'll pick this up next week. But then God, the Lord God formed Adam from the dust. From the dust. And really, in verse 6, it's actually the mist came up out of the earth in Genesis. And so it was really clay. It was really clay. Because the the water came from the earth upward. So it was clay. But from the ground. And he breathed 
into the nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Listen, if we don't get what I'm about ready to share with you today, you will walk away with only a partial revelation of what the new creation is all about. When Genesis says the Lord God and other passages throughout scripture, particularly the gospel of John, he is talking about, he's not talking about God the Father. He's talking about the eternal son. In Genesis, I'm telling you, according to the way the Bible is written and the references through the Bible, we know that the Bible is written mainly about Jesus. And so when the, when the Bible says the Lord God, he is talking about not the Father, but he's talking about the eternal Son. You can follow this through scripture. Be a Brian and go home and check it. You'll get some powerful revelation out of that. So what I'm, what I'm telling you is even though the Trinity created man, it was the actual person of the Son that created. All right, point number one now. Here we go. Our spirits came forth from the eternal Son. Even though it was the will of the Father and the will of the Spirit and the will of the eternal Son, it was actually that part of the deity, the eternal Son, that actually created man. Now you see why our spirits can be born again. Do you see it now? Because it is the Son who gives life. It's the Spirit that quickens, but it's the Son that gives life. See, the, our bodies... Well, let me say this. Our, our spirits don't belong to this world. It did not come out of the creation. It came out of the eternal son. It was breathed. The creation fell. And God cursed it. And sin entered through one sin. We read about that in Romans chapter 5 and on. But my point is this, it was the son that breathed from eternity, from a different realm, from the heavenlies, from whatever you want to say. You want to say he breathed out of himself. He breathed, how about this? He breathed part of him into man. And the definition, I'm going to do it. I told my wife I wouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it because I feel it. It was, the definition in Hebrew is rock. Something as that nature. Like the explosion of something with a long breath. 
And the point is, the explosion was when this creation came into eternity, when the, when the, two, when, when the eternal son breathed into a created thing, the two exploded. The, the Hebrew says it made an explosion. And the definition of the word, when you listen to it in Hebrew, there's a long breath like... <sighs> Like a release into the breath. The Spirit of God entered that clay body, and a wonderful transformation took place. The clay, this jar of clay that Paul writes about, became a living being, became a living being. Now, I don't know where it is in here, but I have it in here. But I, I think it's, it's the right time to release it. Now, in the creation, when Jesus, when God ever deals with mankind, he has to do what? He has to bend. Bend down. He has to come down. The Bible says a lot of times, God came down. The son came out of eternity into what he, what he created. And I'll even take you deeper than that if you are okay with it. He came into himself, his creation. Because the Bible says that he created the unseen or the, the seen from the unseen from the things that are not seen. It came out of him. It came out of himself. And he spoke. And because he spoke what was in him to create his will, his purpose, his desire for man and the creation, it materialized as he released it. That's why it's so important when you pray to pray the word of God. So God kneels down and he breathes. And there's an explosion between two worlds, between heaven and earth, an explosion. In John 20, 19 through 22, when therefore it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut, we're talking about, we're talking about the resurrection evening. The resurrection evening. And the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in their midst. Now he had already been to heaven, but then he came again. And he said to them, peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples therefore rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus therefore said to them, Peace, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Now watch how the peace comes. Come on, because you're about ready to get breath today. Because I feel the power of God in this place. Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, 
he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And actually what he really said is to receive the holy breath of God or the holy God. The Greek word breathe in the secular Greek is used as a flute. As a flute player breathing into the mouthpiece of the flute. As Jesus bent down in Adam, which Adam means man, and breathed every generation that would ever walk the earth into Adam. When he breathed, be fruitful and multiply. When he breathed in everything that Adam would ever need for life and godliness, he breathed into Adam. And now, Jesus walks up to each one of the 12. Well, it was 11 at the time. And he goes, lip to lip. And breathes into them. The definition hints that Jesus breathed into the disciples individually lip to lip and the definition actually says in the secular Greek holy breath of God receive the holy breath of God now I haven't even set you up for the what I what I really want to talk to you about because we need to appreciate the fullness of the new creation in the garden of Eden Jesus breathed into Adam divine life but in the upper room, on Resurrection Sunday, Jesus breathed into them the life that had conquered sin, death, hell, the grave, and Satan. He breathed into them the victory of the cross. That's what the disciples came away with, the victory of Calvary. They came with Jesus' victory, and he breathed into them the very life that he breathed into Adam that would give Adam everything that could fellowship with God. He now breathed back into the disciples and said, receive the holy breath of God, which means everything that we, we need. That's why when Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, says that we have received everything we need pertaining to life and godliness through Christ Jesus our Lord, we have received that breath. When you became born again, the day I said the sinner's prayer, and, I, and that Luke 24, 34 or whatever, did not our hearts burn when we heard about Jesus? And my heart started to burn. I started to realize that I received the holy breath of God inside of me. I felt the new creation, the fire, the, the resurrection power of the cross coming into me. And something happened inside of me that flipped a switch. It flipped a switch. 
And I started to, my, I started to head towards the cross. I started to follow Christ. And then months later, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I was swept into the kingdom. Because the empowerment came. And I became a new person all, I became a new person February 8th, 2000, or, uh, 1997, at 1.58 in the afternoon. I remember the very living room that I was standing on when I said that prayer at the end of Benny Hinn's book. And the Spirit of God came all over me. Hit me so hard I was scared. It started to have major visitations. But I did not know the power that came to me through this new creation is the power of victory over sin. That's why when you read in the book of Romans, sin shall not be your master because you are the new creation in Christ Jesus. You have the victory dwelling inside of you to conquer sin, death, hell, the grave, even Satan and the dark kingdom of darkness. That's why you can be delivered of demons. That's why you can be healed, your body healed. Romans 8 and 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if, what? The spirit of Christ, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raise Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life. Now watch this. Because here's the key word to that whole scripture. It's the word mortal. The mortal. Still belonging to this world. The power of the new creation. You see the power of the new creation in the first parts, of the, in the opening parts of the verse? The spirit, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will give life, life to your mortal body. It's the, it's the indwelling. It's the triune part of man that he's talking about here. And he's talking about if the Spirit of God, you have become born again and the Spirit of God dwells in you, it will even affect your body. It will affect your body. The Spirit of God is the source. I'm almost done. Just two more things. Are you getting anything? I'm giving you the verse where I'm going to be going from next week, the first part. Listen, the Spirit of God is the source of all physical life. He's the source of eternal, he is eternal life, the Spirit of God. He is eternal life, but he's the source of all physical life. 
Now, this is where I want to just really drop some things on you. We live according to the earth. Uh, we live our th the same way on the earth here. Our length of days is according to how we release the new creation inside of us. Do you know that? People die of sickness when they should not. People die because of bad eating habits when they should not. When the Spirit of God comes into you, He is looking, because He's dwelling inside of you, He's looking to renew your mind, to give you the mind of Christ. That's what He's looking to do. And it all comes as we surrender. But it's the mortal body that we dwell in that is subject to the things of this life, this world. So it's very important that we release the new creation and have the new creation affect not only our spirit, but our soul and our body. Because in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul says we are spirit, soul, and body. Again, our spirits are reunited with God, with the Godhead. Our mortal body is still going to die because of the curse of sin. But now the Spirit of God dwells within the triune man. See, that's what Paul is really trying to get across to us. What he's trying to get across to the church in Corinth and when he, can, when he talks about the, our body being a temple, he is talking about the, the Spirit of God dwelling in the triune man. However, meaning that, let me just say it this way. The Spirit of God has authority over the temple. Just as the priest would go in once a year into the holy place and God would give direction to the priests. Now, that curtain has been tore. There's no more separation between us and the Lord. Matter of fact, we need to enter that holy place as many times as we can a day. And this is what I suggest every one of you do is practice the stillness of his presence. Sit in quietness and hear what the inner, what the, the most holy place is saying. Have you ever just sat in a room and quieted your soul, shut the door, We are a triune man that God is dwelling in. See, a lot of people just assume, assume, they say, well, you know, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. But it's more than that, church. 
It's more than just that one mindset. The reality is, according to Paul in Romans 8, 11, and we'll get into more of this stuff, but we have a body that needs to be touched by the power of God. Touched by the power of God. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Let's stand. Okay. Touches. Here we go. Line up if you want it. It's here. Ho. Oh. Jesus. Ready? Oh. 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 Soto. Come on. Come on. <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry about it. Ha ha ha.